Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the live Q&A of yours. I hope y'all are doing well on this Saturday. I look forward to serving y'all just for a little bit to see how I can answer some of you guys' questions. And for those who join me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzi, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who's been rocking me for a mighty long time, you've been subscribed for years or you've been subscribed for minutes, I want to say thank you so much for taking a minute um, to subscribing to my YouTube channel and, and playing a major role of engagement with the material that I have. So, but as everyone is coming in live, I'm going to just go over a couple of things and see uh, if there's anything that may benefit you. My latest book, Facts Over Feelings, is now available on Amazon. It's a book that helps you process your feelings so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose. It's a great resource and tool for you to be able to process your, your uh, for you to vent, for you to process your feelings and to find the facts behind them. And we also have, of course, verses in here for you to be able to process the Word of God in regards to your feelings. We also have a pros and cons area and a red flags area so that you can really be able to process deeply why you feel the way you feel and to get right back to fulfilling your purpose. So that book's available on Amazon as well. You can also check out my book on wholeness. Um, if you want to hold the important things in life, you have to be whole. It's a great book there. Book on singleness, book on dating, book on uh, soul ties and strongholds, book on discernment, children's book, as well as a book on spiritual warfare and how to put on the whole armor of God. All these things plus more are available on my website, I am unplugged. Dot com. Let's see what we got here. Good evening to you, Step. Ah, well, I'm just gonna be obedient. I went live, but I forgot the Duke and Carolina game is on. My wife asked me if I was gonna watch it, and I was like, I, I love basketball, but I can't sit there and watch a long game um, and not be in my game. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so I typically don't watch games like that, but <clears throat> I figured <laughs> I probably cast a net at a. And, uh, and, and deep into some blue waters when you're talking about Carolina and Duke. But anyway, good evening to you too, Stephanie. Yo, Jess, what's up, family? Jody Real says, what are some good questions to ask a Christian woman on a first date? Great question, Jody. Um, questions that you can ask on a first date are more goal-oriented questions. Questions like, uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What are your top three uh, most valuable traits? Uh, what what makes you unique? What makes you different? Uh, what are your dreams and aspirations? What have you accomplished um, that you're proud of in the last five or seven years? A lot of things like that will kind of get into your ears and let you hear whether or not that she's a peer, right? Or she, either she should disappear, all right? But it's important for you to ask those type of questions because out of the mouth cannot come both bitter and sweet water. And if you hear anything bitterness in there or she has been bit, calling her to be bitter, then you might want to uh, uh, just see her, uh, not later, but um, see her whenever, right? But but when you begin to really process um, what you hear from a person's mouth and actually hear how they articulate their dreams, how they articulate their thoughts, then I think that's what you would be able to distinguish between whether or not she's someone you should entertain or not. But before you even ask a Christian woman on a date, you got to ask yourself, is this the Christian woman that Christ wants you to have? Because wasting her time, wasting your time is not beneficial, especially if emotions get intertwined, then it causes even more confusion. So I hope those are some good first date questions for men to women. I think the last time I did this question, it was women to men. But these are great questions to ask a woman because you got to ask her, is she able to help? 
And if you don't know what you need help for, you don't know what type of questions to ask to see if she's able to help. So first you got to ask yourself, have you been, are you useful to God? Are you useful to yourself? Are you helpful to God? Are you helpful to yourself? Because if you're not helpful to God or yourself, you won't know who a helpmate is or what, what qualification a woman has to have in her life to ensure that she can help you and y'all help each other as y'all combine purposes for the glory of God. Hope that helps. Jazz says, when can I ball with you, brother? I'm done hearing about you. Hey, man, are you in Charlotte? If you're in the Charlotte area, man, we can hoop for sure. Why we go to the wild, man? Listen, uh, listen, I love to hoop, man, and I would love to play ball. A lot of people who watch me online, they question my ball skills. Not you. I'm not saying you question. But but I would love to, to play for sure, man. So if you're in the Charlotte area, let me know, and we'll definitely link up, man. We can do a little five on five and see what we can see out of it. Unique Creation says, hey coach, should you have to tell your boyfriend you like him to plan dates and go on dates instead of you coming up with everything? Or is it something he should know? Great question. Should you have to tell your boyfriend you like him to plan dates and go on dates, right? It depends on love language and communication skills, right? Um, um, sometimes it just depends on what type of man you have, right? Now, it, uh, it depends on where he is in a stage of, a li of his life. Like, if he's planning a future, don't get me wrong, he should be planning days. There should be some opportunities for him to uh, put you in the pants. But you have to take a step back and see how has he incorporated you into his plans? Has he has he planned? Because I knew in me and my wife's early on years of dating and marriage, I wasn't a good date planner because the days that we spent were so amazing that I thought those were dates. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But 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 uh, I realized that my love language was quality time. My wife's love language at that time where it was um, touch or it was touch now, but her love language back then was more. I think it was more uh, gifts or going out, whatever. Right, and so. Of course, when we uh, have our own unique love languages and then we try to communicate them, it can get lost in conversation, right? So what I would do is have a conversation and just say, hey, uh, uh, what what do you see our time being? Uh, is, is, is the time that we do spend together what you consider a date, what you consider quality time? Because you might be a young lady that likes to go out and there's nothing wrong with that. You like you a young lady that might like to go to restaurants. You like to, quality time may not be at home or with uh, an exclusive situation. You might like to go out and dress up. And, and it depends on how long y'all been dating. And so, as you grow older in your relationship, you'll begin to see where you should communicate and, and just kind of see where he is so that he can better understand what you enjoy to do, right? But if you if you wait for him to read in between the lines, he's going to be blind to those those things, okay? So what I would do is um, I would have a conversation to see, Are you just ask your basic questions. Do you like going out? He might be an introvert. You might be an extrovert. So that might be something that y'all can have a conversation on because he may be more introverted and may not feel as like for me. I'm not, you know, when, when you're in ministry and stuff like that in my marriage, it's like the less people, the better. But for her, she might like to get out there. So I had to compromise. So communication helps reveal common ground for you guys to come and meet and say, how can y'all balance each other out and, and really go out a little bit more? Um, some guys are better at dates than others because they might be more extroverted. He might be an introverted guy. And so I would be gracious and kind with him. Now, if he come, if it feels like he's ashamed of you, if it feels like that he's always out with his friends, but not out with you, then you might have to have a more stern, direct conversation. But if you know your man's an introvert and he's just uncomfortable 
in 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 um extroverted settings, then that will be a time for him to grow in that area as well as you have empathy in that area so that y'all can eventually um, get what y'all both need from the relationship. Hope to help. The final revelation says, hey coach, have you ever listened to preachers such as uh, J. Vernon McGee, John McAlther, Chuck Smith? If so what are your thoughts on them? They're old school pastors. Also, God bless you. Great question. Um, the only one out of those names I've heard of Vernon McGee before, but the only person I've ever listened to a message from is John McArthur. But I'm not, I'm not, uh, like for me, I can only, I can, this is what I tell people. I don't listen to a lot of preachers. I don't listen to anyone. Like if I listen to someone, it may be more apologetics based, um, or just my pastor, you know what I'm saying? When I go to church, but when it comes to my own private time, I tend to not listen to preachers because I am a preacher. I love to listen to the greatest preacher of all time, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's who I like to listen to, and 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 that keeps my preaching from being uh, influenced by other preachers, and then my style or uniqueness is compromised because I want to be like them. So to me, I don't listen to anybody. Um, I I, re I really don't listen. To, my wife can tell you, I don't listen to no one, no one except for like apologetics or or or. Or teachings like that, like uh, Frank Turek or Tim Keller, stuff like that. But but I don't listen regularly. I, I haven't even listened to them in a while. I, I really keep a quiet, still kind of kind of walk with God, and that's just where I'm at. So MacArthur, I heard years ago, but I haven't heard any of the new stuff. But but discern your spirit as in regards if you feel whether or not you should listen to them or not. I hope that helped. Joe Davis says, "Hey, what's up, Coach Josh? It's Jojo out of Fort Worth, Texas. What's up, family? How do I learn to?" How do I learn to, how do I learn how to and when to loosen up and stop being all about the word all the time? Good question. Um, the Bible talks about being slow to speak, be quick to hear and slow to speak. It talks about uh, uh, communicating what fits the occasion. Uh, what, what, when it comes to me, man, when people get around me, they sometimes assume that I'm going to be uh, preaching all the time. I don't do that. I let my light shine. Uh, to loosen up, you just have to understand that you cannot allow yourself to be so engulfed in the word that you're no earthly good or heavenly good, right? So the goal is to make sure that I'm okay, I am uh, developing in the word in my own uniqueness so that the word of God can just permeate through me in my actions, in my conversations where needed. Like when I give kids, when I counsel kids or counsel people, I don't just hit them with 15 scriptures. What I do is I weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. I allow the Spirit of God to guide me. There will be times where, of course, these four or five scriptures will help the situation. But those people's hearts are not in position for those words and word being uh, um, planted, right? So how do you loosen up? Is to is to balance it out, to balance it out. That, that doesn't mean compromise the word. It just means that, okay, let me pull back and let me just be led with my spiritual attack. Let me be led with my spiritual engagement with others. Let me be led, right? Versus focus on uh, or other people being fed, right? Because you can be feeding them so much, but they're not well, they're not able or ready to digest. Meaning that if you throw a bunch of steak word at a babe in Christ, they're not going to be able to chew it. They don't even got no teeth yet. They got nothing but gums. You know what I'm saying? So you have to give them um, some milk. You have to give them some uh, uh, um, actions. You got to give them some role model. 
You see what I'm saying? So just be cognizant of who you're you who you're sharing a word to and making sure that you're not going to the word to be heard, but you're going to the word as a mirror to ensure that you when you get in the streets, you can be a noun and a verb, a walking epistle that people can be inspired by, not shunned by. Hope that makes sense. Michelle Miller says, hey, Josh, how did you overcome moments in your singleness where you were saving yourself for marriage from time to time? Your hormones get the best. Great question. Well, what helped me was neutralizing idle time. First off, for those, let me start from the beginning phase. For those who are just now coming out of a place of, of sexual uh, uh, interactions, right? Um, you have to look at it from a from a long term perspective. First off, you got to look at your sin uh, and your relationship with God in a certain light. You have to see the sin for what it really is and see how damaging it can be generationally. When you see the damaging effects of, of sin and its potential to destroy something generationally, it makes it more disgusting, right? It be, it begins to shift your 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 taste buzz into requiring or acquiring um the uh the uh righteousness of God, right? Then you gotta be able to see a relationship with God because realistically those you some sins you just can't cut cold turkey. Some people uh, God can deliver them a cold turkey. Some people deliverance take a little bit of time. Some people can cut cold turkey if it was just something that was just cold in the beginning. But some people deliverance takes a little bit of time because it is not the porn or the sex or the need for it to be touched that's the issue. It's the void that hasn't been filled by God yet. And as that void begins to get filled by God, then over time that that taste and desire begins to fall off because it has been replaced by something higher, right? And so in the beginning when I was shifting off of, of certain things, especially pornography and stuff like that, it took some time. Then it went from doing it all the time to doing it sometime to doing it uh, uh, oftentimes and to doing it uh, uh, every now and then to not doing it at all because God filled that void. Then that doesn't mean you just be like, oh, since I haven't done it in six months, now I'm going to lay off of it. No, even to this day, it's moment by moment, guard on myself, making sure that I'm alert and aware of any type of demonic tactic, making sure that I'm staying engaged with God, because whatever you engaged in will determine how long you married to it. And so the more you are engaged, eliminate idle time and see a sin for what it really is and understand that God's love for you has already encompassed all of your messes, giving you grace sufficient enough to be able to strengthen you, stabilize you and develop you to a place where you're able to stand one day in strength and be able to be a lending hand to other people that are weak. Then you will begin to see what you should do throughout your weeks and weekends, right? So when your hormones raise, you got to have something in place, meaning this, you got to make sure, okay, you examine all the areas in your life where there are potential idleness. Idleness means empty space, empty time with nothing uh, designed for it to be used for, right? So if you tend to see that uh, this time of the day, I am weak, you got to say, okay, what can I plan for this? How can I structure my day to, uh, to a degree to minimize um, um, the hormones when they rise. So, for instance, me, when I was home alone, not, well, yeah, home alone, we not married. What I did, I had a 24 hour membership or I utilized a 24 hour establishment. So, I would go to Walmart just to walk the aisles. And when they started getting kind of uh, uh, whatever at night, I would go to either Walmart or go to the gym. I either went and started being creative or I went to go lift. I had to go do something with that time and space, right? That's what you got to do. 
and see, okay, what fits Michelle? What's going to help you uh, uh, be filler so that you can be Michelle Miller, right? So that you can be able to do what you need to do without worrying about uh, uh, um, those things right now. Whatever you feed most, whatever you feed most leads most. So now you got to say, okay, what am I feeding my subconscious and my conscious mind? Am I around sexual things? Am I is my explore page a certain kind of way? What is every? How is everything in my life? Then when you do that, you can start making the adjustments and making the changes. And then you'll begin to see how beautiful singleness was and make your singleness productive. You got to have a reason for this season. If you don't have a reason for your singleness, you're going to be single longer than you desire to be. Because there's something about saying, okay, I'm going to dedicate my singleness to God and being productive and make sure that I'm doing something uh, 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 productive and creative that will ensure God gets ultimate glory. Hope to help. Lucinda, but let me make sure I say this. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. You have to start seeing the value of the Holy Spirit and trusting him that he will make a way of escape every single time. Lucinda Diggs says, is it best to remain single while strengthening your relationship or walk with God? Yes, that's important. It's, it's, it's vital that you remain single if your relationship with God is struggling. If your relationship with God is struggling and is not strengthening, then singleness is a gift. Mingleness is mingling will become a drift, drifting you away, shifting you away from God, right? So you have to understand the value of your singleness. Your singleness is valuable. The most value, one of the most valuable seasons of your life, because it's the prerequisite of all the other seasons. Like, like you being by yourself is a test. If you can't, if you can't allow your 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 current season as a test to produce your best, then what are you going to offer somebody else for the rest of your life? People don't understand that what they bring to the table is poison food. They're bringing half-cooked, uh, undone food to the table and mad when nobody wants to eat it and shove the plate off of their table. Singleness is about how can I uh, uh, develop contentment in God and contentment with self. If I'm not content with God and if I'm not content with myself, how can I construct a tent with someone else? How can I build tents with someone else? How can I be sent with someone else? How can I do these different things with someone else if I'm not okay with God, myself, and others? If those two relationships are not strong, your relationships with anyone else is going to be weak. That's why in the meantime, during this week, you got to say, okay, what is weakening me or what's strengthening me? Because if you can't fall back on God, you're going to try to fall back on Rashad. And then Rashad's going to be proving he's, he's unable to hold you. So it's important that you see the value of your singleness and say, okay, am I content with God? If God says you're going to be single for the next five years, would I pout or would I ask for my route? God, where do you, okay, if that's what it is, let me go down that route with you, God, because you know what's best for me. So you have to say, okay, on a scale of one to ten, how's your relationship with God? Is your relationship with God suffering or struggling or is it strengthening? Because if it's not strong by yourself, then you're going to put God expectation on someone else and it's going to crush them. God has to be your everything. You got to be whole in order to hold a position in a relationship. So it's better to remain single. I had a quote that I posted the other day. It's better that the time spent being single will always be shorter than the time you spent settling. 
Because the time you spend single may be three years. But even though you got in a relationship with someone, you settle with them. Now you only relation you only been in a relationship with them for three years, got divorced or got broken up, and now have to heal another five years. So now it's take you eight to ten years to recover from settling than it would have been if you would have just stuck with being single for three to five years and then found the one that's an equal peer. So that's something you got to process when it comes to being single. Singleness is a gift. Unwrap it and see the beauty of it. Because if you don't unwrap the gift of your singleness, you won't have no gift to offer, offer someone else when it's time for a relationship. Hope to help. September's passion says, have you made any deals in real estate? Not yet, but we're working on it. Haven't yet, but we're working on it. That is something um, that me and wife are, are, are pursuing in this phase of our lives for sure. Jazz says, what's your definition and difference between wisdom, knowledge, and understanding? Great question, bro. Uh, wisdom is unattainable knowledge graciously given by God to a person. Wisdom is something beyond our own ability to understand. Wisdom is, 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 is a person. This Bible says wisdom cries out in the street. Wisdom cries out in the gate. The Holy Spirit is wisdom. And so wisdom has to be in our bosom. It comes from our bosom. It comes from the spirit of God. It's a unique wisdom. Wisdom can also occur through experiences too. But true wisdom is, 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 is something that the flesh cannot really perceive without some type of divine intervention. Knowledge is what you know to a particular ledge. Knowledge is just what you know to a ledge. They say knowledge is power, but applied knowledge is real where, is the, where the power is. So knowledge is what I know. Wisdom is what I show. Knowledge is what I know. Wisdom is what I show because what has been shown to me. Understanding means that I can stand under it and not bend and not worry about the pressure. That I've gone through enough of, of, of investigation. I've gone through enough of study. I've gone through enough experience to where I'm strong enough to stand under. I fully understand it because I can fully stand under it. I stand under the pressure no matter what it says because I understand it thoroughly. Those are my three different quick uh, nuggets on those three points there. Good question, fam. Uh, hey, Coach. Jessica J says, hey, Coach, how are you? Doing well. Hope you're doing well as well. Question. I constantly talk to myself a lot to problem solve, and sometimes I don't know how to slow down for the Holy Spirit. How do I stop over compulsive? Let me see if you post anything else. Uh, okay, that was it. Uh, well, basically, I'm the same way. Uh, I talk to myself a lot. I saw a meme that says, why wouldn't I talk to myself? I'm the realest. You know what? I know. You know what I'm saying? So I, I love processing by myself because a lot a lot of people that kind of come into my life are not on the level of processing that, that I, I am. Uh, it's a gift, right? It's, it's how I'm wired. I'm a good processor. You know, uh, I've gotten good at processing by the help of the Holy Ghost. Back then, it was overthinking. Now, I think accurately, right? Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that you have to, you have to, when you get to a place where you have processed enough, then you kind of, you kind of take a couple of deep breaths and then, and then allow the Holy Spirit to, to intervene. And what I mean by that is, um, what I do, what helps me slow my thoughts down is when I write them on paper. And then when I compare them to the papers in scripture, then it kind of gives me perspective. 
So when it comes to problem solving sometimes, the Bible says his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. So if you try to problem solve something that's beyond your ways or beyond your thoughts, then you have to give the Holy Spirit intervention. So if you've done all you could have process and you still have no solution, then you bring in, I want to say then you bring in the Holy Spirit, you do it with the Holy Spirit. And then when you begin to find yourself at a place where you can only stand, that's when you give it to the Holy Spirit's hands and let him process it. How does that look practically? Pen and paper or device or talking it out, maybe getting a whiteboard, whatever you got to do to process your thoughts. And then whatever you processed on paper or on a whiteboard, then you get the word of God out and let the word of God speak for itself in regards to what you're processing from yourself. And then you'll begin to see the wealth from the Holy Spirit coming through the situation. Hope to help. Jess says, I know everybody been talking about this, but it's involved with the Will Smith situation. When should a man physically defend his wife other else other else than if she is physically harmed? Um, like I said in another video, um, I didn't really dive deep into the Will Smith and Chris Rock situation because I see it more as a distraction than it was anything else. Um, when it comes to physical, physically defending my wife is when my wife is in physical harm. You see what I mean? If she's in physical harm, then I give these physical hands or, or I give these physical, you know, pow pows. You see what I'm saying? It just depends. Uh, but as far as uh, the thing about me, I, I process is this. I don't mind losing the battle if I win the war. My goal is to get us home safe. Simple as that. So if it's just a, a, a verbal situation, then the way I'm the way I'm wired, though, I might I might say some things verbally. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, my wife protects me a lot. There's been situations where, you know, I was pressed like the 4th of July I was pressed. And then uh, my wife had to had to, you know. Say Josh, hey, and I had to chill out. Dude, about got it, but it is what it was. But but what I'm saying is, is that as a man, like with me in situations, I'm always aware of all the exits. I'm always aware of certain people that look suspicious. I'm always aware. Of certain, I allow my self awareness and my surrounding, my awareness and my surroundings to kind of give me some level of uh, steps ahead. Uh, if something was to come head to head with us, right? But when it comes down to she's in a physical danger, then I'm I would kill someone. Simple as that. But what Will Smith did, um, like for instance, I mean, from what people are saying, people are saying that they, um, some people say that she communicated her her sick illness out in the public. I just I just think this is all a big distraction. And when you get up into that realm of world, it's petty and dark. It's petty and dark, and these people know which buttons to push um, to destroy people's characters. It, it, my conspiratorical mind can go 15 different directions on this, but I'm not going to confuse you all with that. But that's my answer with, with that for sure. Jessica Reyes Cortez says, God bless your wife and you. Thank you, family. Your messages have helped me in this time of giving more of my heart to Christ. God gets the glory. That's the goal. It's for you to be well in your soul through Christ, man. So I appreciate you, your love for my wife and I, and also for your uh, support and your comment. I appreciate that, family. MJ says, how do you get through a draining job? Well, the goal is, is to blossom wherever you're planted. Now, if it's draining you, why don't you think I ask yourself, did God send me here or did I go here, number one? And number two, you got to be able to process, okay, if this job is draining, what am I doing in filling? Am I filling myself spiritually? Am I, am I compensating the demands of the job is what I'm saying. 
What am I doing with my physical health, with my mental, spiritual, emotional health? What are some systems and outlets I can have to compensate for, for the demands of the job, right? And then begin to start in the meantime asking questions uh, or seeking God about, is this where I need to be? If this is where you need to be, then God's grace is sufficient for you. Now, draining this can happen even at a job that God has placed you, but it's based upon how you're managing your roles there on the job and outside the job. A lot of things you got to process. Uh, and do I have the supports and system to kind of balance out how I'm feeling with as far as the draining? Or is this even where God wants me to? And number three, you got to say, while I'm here, I'm going to blossom no matter what. I'm going to see how could this job pull the best out of me, even if I don't want to give the best of me to it. Hope to help. That's right. God over Rashad. D'Angelo K said, hey, coach, what do you think of this? I'm in a relationship that I feel God has placed a sexual barrier between me and my lady. We both prayed for each other before we met and specifically prayed to get rid of our lust. We are now actually getting to know each other more than trying to be physically connected. What goes through my mind is don't awaken love before it's time. Make sure you, okay. Honestly, it's hard to get fully aroused. So do you think God has just given us what we pray for so we can build a foundation between each of us? Yes, I know it's a sin for the first time ever. I've met someone to where I'm not able to perform that sin. Hope that made sense. Made perfect sense, bro. Listen, man, if she's a snack, something else going to want to attack. That's just how it is, right? And Because that's just, especially when you start getting into talks of engagement and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's a lot of, of pressure and a lot of... Uh, uh, um, the Bible says he won't tempt you. He won't allow you to be tempted beyond your ability or beyond your uh, ableness, right? But but there's it's a test to, to 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 prove the Holy Spirit's ability to create self control in you, right? So let's go through this question layer by layer. I'm in a relationship that I feel God has placed a sexual barrier between me and my lady. We both prayed for each other before we met and specifically prayed. Well, this could be just the lady that you met the first time that you have a certain level of honor for or a certain level of respect for because you see that she could be someone that can be someone in your future, right? Uh, we both prayed for each other before we met and specifically prayed uh, to get rid of our lust. Now, the question is, is you want to make sure that when you process the word lust, you got to say, okay... Is this lust, uh, what's the root of this lust? Because lust, to a degree, or the sexual sins that spawns from lust are just only symptoms. We got to make sure the source is good. Maybe the source has been healed, therefore you don't want that. Or you could just be going through a season where you're tired. And you might not want it then. But we don't want to, we don't want to just get, we don't want to define the relationship by one season. Because the next season may cause where there may be a lot of arousal, right? But at the same time, prayer does work, right? Uh, uh, but that's good that you have that going through your mind because you renew your mind. You're transformed by renewing your mind. So the more that you continue to remind yourself, don't awaken love before it's time could be a huge benefit to help you not, uh, uh, get into it. If that makes sense. Honestly, it's hard to get fully aroused. So do you think God has just given us what we pray for? I just think the word works. I think the more you begin to meditate on the word of God, you end up becoming to be molded into the image of Christ and be able to handle things as if Christ, how, if Christ, how Christ would have handled it if he was in your shoes. You don't think there was no snacks walking through Jerusalem? You don't think there was no uh, baddies down the alley, you know, asking for the Addy from Jesus? You don't think that was going on back then? You best believe it. But Jesus knew what it was. You say, yes, I know it's a sin for the first time ever. I've met someone to where I'm not able to. It could just be that the word of God is working because you're meditating on it. 
and you allowing that word to manage you. You just got to make sure that you continue to do that constantly because that's what got me through. That's what got my wife through is making sure that we understand what sin does, how we can jeopardize the purity of our marriage if we got in, in, involved in that way. And the word works and just really seeing the sin for what it really is and having boundaries and bears because you may be doing well in this season, but best believe the enemy is going to try to come back the next season and make it a little bit more difficult for you. Hope that helps. Uh, Coach, do you believe in marriage through the government or the old school way where two just agree to marry and that's it? Ah, man, I haven't really done too much dive, uh, dive deep into that. Um, I just, I mean, the old school way is, you know, you know, you break the hymen, the blood as a covenant and you marry, you know, but, um, yeah, I think either way you do it. Uh, I mean, I don't, I think being married to the government, I mean, not married to the, yeah, same thing, tax benefits, stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day. Get married however you feel comfortable. Uh, I'm not really well versed in the difference between the two, so don't take my word on that for it. I mean, don't take the take, don't, don't take don't take my word for it on that. But you see what I'm saying? Uh, is it wrong to not want kids? No, it's not wrong. You just have to ask. Well, you just have to ask yourself. Okay, you have to always ask yourself why you don't want kids. That's it. If the reason why you don't want kids is so authentically you, and that's been something you've been feeling since you was born, maybe you were called to singleness. There's some people who are strictly called to singleness, strictly called to that. There are people like that. Now, if the reason why you don't want kids is because of frustration or fears or previous faults or, or how things happen in your home, then you got to check your heart because that could be the one thing that those could be the things tearing you apart from playing your part in being a mother or a father. Um, because it's in eight and for a lot of us, those who are not have to get the singleness to want a family. And so if the reason why you don't want children now, do you want a husband? Now, God, I mean, that's possible for both the husband and wife to be married and both the one kids. Then God has a purpose for that, I believe. But when it comes down to the root reason, you got to make sure the root reason is a pure reason. And not just something because of something that happened years ago. My um, thoughts on Will Smith. I gave a little bit of thoughts on that, Beth. But like I said, I, my, a lot of the, my thoughts on Will Smith is one of two things. Either this whole thing was all staged and fake. Because, come on, man. <laughs> if you know what I know. If you know a lot of things about how that world works. Nothing just happens by accident. Or this could be just a, a little embarrassment thing on Will. To keep Will in line. But I'm not going to um, speak about it at this time. Because, you know. If those who have eyes to see will see, but um, but I just think, man, you know, time will time will tell why this happened, and I pray he's okay. That's it. Well, that's all the questions. I love you all. I pray this Q and A was blessed blessing to you. Check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, How to Process Your Feelings to Find the Facts so you can get back to fulfilling your purpose. Book's available now. Got a book on wholeness. What is, what is that thing that you want to hold in life? Are you whole enough to hold it? Great book and resource there. Card game as well. It kind of fun card game that goes with that. If you want to know the purpose of your singleness and you're struggling with your singleness, there's a great book right here. If you want to learn how to date God, date yourself and become dateable to date to love your life forever, there's a great book right here. Um, with questions to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you struggle with soul ties or stronghold, here's a great book, The Purpose of Freedom. Great book. If you want to know whether or not that job, that person, that man, that woman, that marriage, that relationship, not marriage, but that relationship is a counterfeit or counterpart, 
This book right here will determine, help you determine that, show you how God confirms things, show you how to test things, see if they are of God. Also, children's book for fourth graders and to eighth graders, great book to help kids discover the art form. And if you're struggling with uh, spiritual warfare or you want to learn how to put on the whole armor of God, here's a great book that I think will be beneficial to you. We also have t-shirts and merch. All that's available on my website, IamUnplugged.com. And if you feel led to support what we do financially, you can do that as well. We appreciate your support there as well. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, we have some spots coming up, especially uh, next uh, starting in the next couple of weeks or so. So if you need coaching in your relationships, you need some spiritual coaching, some singleness coaching, purpose, whatever coaching is, let me know what your budget is per hour or so. And I can kind of tell you based upon your budget how many minutes I can offer to help you. Uh, either way, you'll get the best of me. Pray these, all these tools and uh, things will be a great resource to you. Um, uh, time will tell. I'm telling you. Time will tell about the Will Smith thing. Um, I'm glad you have it. The book, I, I'm guessing... Um, definitely will be buying a book soon. Just been a little tight. Don't worry about it. Take your time, Jesse. It'll always be here. Yeah, that book, that the World War Me book was a book that I created. My second book ever created, man. It was very, it's very profound, but I created years ago. So I'm going to get, uh, so I, I pray it's going to still be a blessing to you all. You're so welcome, Jessica J. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.